Hello, and welcome to 19 Hits the Dragon, the tabletop RPG discussion and interview podcast. I'm your host and the world's okayest game master, Mike Daniel. Um, and today, joined by some a very special guest, uh, longtime friends of the show, uh, the host of Tabletop Journeys. Uh, how are you doing today, guys? Fabulous, Mike. Thank you so very Excellent. much for having Excellent. us. Uh, and Fantastic. I, I have that World's Okayest DM t-shirt. Uh, it was given he was to me wearing it last night, at my table. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> nice, I'm not nice, sure what they were nice. trying to say by that, but that's all. <laughs> yeah. I may have killed their pet. That may be why yeah. they gave it to me. Maybe, so, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> we do things to earn that title, I think. So. Yeah, that's what gets you bumped down from best to okayest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can kill a party member all you want, not the pet. <laughs> not their pets. That's yeah. that's That's too far. Yeah. That's that's the same level as like counterspelling their healing spells. So <laughs> right, it's, exactly. it's just that's very okay. highly frowned upon. Um, that's my but, damn. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, guys. Thanks for for coming on today. It was uh, I'm really looking forward to to our chat. Um, I know longtime listeners will probably know who you guys are as we've collaborated a couple of times uh, over the last year and a half or so. Um, but yeah, why don't you take a sec to tell our our listeners who might be new uh to uh you know who you guys are and what what brought you out today sure yeah so uh i'm josh i'm glenn and i'm lee wanika and we are tabletop journeys yeah were you, were you trying to get us I to really do the like how you guys thing again, Lee? Uh, out. Nice. <laughs> I think he's trying to get me and Josh to do that like end sync with him at the end, so we all yeah. say. I'm always the, trying to get say to do that. Uh, yeah. together. Okay, let's let's run it back. <laughs> um, we'll fix that in post. Not really. Yeah, for sure. No, Hannah, Hannah, Hannah's got it. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, you guys uh, lo- love the show. Uh, you do kind of similar to what we do here on 19 Hits the Dragon a little bit is, you know, talk about tabletop RPGs, talk about nerd culture. Um, you do some, uh, your side quests, I think is what they're they're called, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, where... side quests are gone. Yeah, oh, are they? Are, yeah. Josh has got the spiel. I'm not up the spiel, to, Josh. Yeah. yeah, no. We, uh, yeah, no, we, we side quests fun. used to be all about everything that wasn't, uh, everything that wasn't TTRPG related, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we would talk, we talked about Dune, we talked about uh, Superman and Lois at least once, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, uh, twice. but yeah, no, we, we instead, uh, now we do uh, not just our regular episodes on Saturdays, but uh, mm-hmm. Tuesdays are all for actual plays, actual uh, plays. either, okay. either, uh, featuring our Patreon subscribers or mm-hmm. uh, other games and everything out there. Um, or uh, uh, periodically, we also we have a new series called Class Warfare, which is basically the three of us roll up tunes of a particular class and then throw them against baddies uh, and see who wins. So that's yeah. uh, those also come out on Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah, side- yeah a, lot, a lot of really great stuff on the, the channel. Sorry, Lee, what was that? I was going to say side quests were a lot of fun, but what we found mm-hmm. was people really wanted more of the tabletop experience, and that's our in our name. So we yeah. decided to lean more heavily into that. Uh, and we do occasionally talk about our inspirations, which is what side quests were for. Basically, right. it was designed as a tangent episode, uh, mm-hmm. but we're really focusing on the core of what we do and, and uh, what the purpose we're here for, which is to, to roll dice. So yeah. having class warfare is a great way. We're actually rolling dice regular on the regular on those Tuesday episodes. And then, and then of course the actual plays, which are yeah. amazing fun, uh, whether they be with our patrons, with other content creators and new indie games that we've tried, like maybe some broadswords and a few other games that we've done. Like or the real enjoy, thing that Mike real may thing that, have been part yeah, of. I mean, I you might know that, something man. about that. Alien. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, aliens, things like that. So mm-hmm, we, we yeah. were having a lot of fun with that. And, uh, like we even have a new one coming up uh, that's going to be Black Hat Games, um, uh, the Spy Game. So it's a it's a five e based modern setting uh, game that I'm gonna that I'm running with patrons. We've already done our first adventure, uh, so that's in the editing process as we speak. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of great things uh, that you guys have going on on your, your channel there. And egg on my face for not being quite caught up on uh, how things are, are going there currently. So my, my apologies there. Uh, no worries. Um, it's it's, it's but, a more recent adjustment. And you know, yeah, we okay, haven't yeah. chatted with you in a little so, bit. Speaking of more recent things, we are here. You guys are here to talk about something that is more recent for you, at least at the time of recording. By the time this gets released, it'll maybe be old news. But uh, yeah, y'all recently put out... The Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse. Yes. Um, why don't you all tell me yeah. a little bit about what, what that is? 
Oof, boy. So The Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse uh, is a 60-plus page book full of player options, uh, basically a player option uh, companion to the uh, the new lineages and races that are in the new Morden Caden's uh, Monsters of the Multiverse book. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you've got... if you uh, if you take the races and the lineages that are in that book and you want to play one uh, and you want to play any number of different kinds of travelers through the multiverse uh, or through different planets or different planes or whatever, uh, this gives you everything else that you would need on top of your, your lineage. So it's got backgrounds and feats and items galore, uh, magic items, mundane items, uh, you know, and then uh, for your storytellers out there, it's got a bunch of uh, really fun uh, kind of multi-planner, multi-planet uh type uh, story hooks and campaign ideas. So. Yeah. Uh, and those campaign hooks are, were written with the rest of the material in mind. So they will also give right. you good ideas on how you can use these, or if your players take these items yeah. uh, and the, or these feats or these features, how you can use those to build them. We even have an appendix with uh, a, co- a small cadre of NPC characters and, a f- and, and uh, almost like a bestiary, but it's basically some, foes and such that you can uh, pit against your players or just pick up whole cloth and put into your game if they strike you as being interesting or good flavor for the games that you're running. Right, and then we closed it out with a couple of collaborative world-building tables, which if you're familiar with our channel, our show, our role-playing philosophy Mm -hmm. is something that we work with a lot, collaborative world-building and trying to tell a story together. Um, we have an entire book on that too, the, uh, traveler's guide to collaborative world building that y'all can check out. Um, but for the NPCs and adversaries, pretty much, we just included those to make sure that we had, you had stuff to flesh out the, the story hooks with, mm-hmm. without having to do full, mo- uh, full monster and stat block generation on your own. And we didn't want to go too far into that because again, we're, we're, we're setting it up to come out kind of with monsters of the multiverse which is 100 percent dedicated to being a bestiary and you know mm-hmm. the playable races so um but overall yeah we think we think it'll be a lot of fun to, for you to use for anything you got going on with the multiverse whether it's interplanar travel you're working on some spell jammer that's coming out now which mm-hmm. we kind of thought might be coming out now so uh, there are three <laughs> specific nice. spell jammer backgrounds in mm-hmm. there um, yeah, I noticed that there's a lot of stuff about like, um, you know, crew positions, basically backgrounds and things that um, you could take for your character that is, you know, you're part of a ship's crew, um, yep. which to me was like, oh, yeah, very much a Spelljammer thing here, even though the book itself seems to be a little bit more flavored to like Planescape, but definitely there's a lot of I can I could see a lot of Spelljammer influence in there as well. Um, so I mean, in my head, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, we tried to yeah, ride you know, both. very much. You know, play, I, Planescape is like a location that you can get to with Spelljammer. So what's good for one is definitely good for the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of, uh, that was that was in the sauce. That was in the stew that we were kind of putting together. Like in, in our heads, we had some ideas of what might be coming and what would be cool mm-hmm. if what we thought was coming got here. For Happy sure. to say it's coming. So <laughs> I'm, we got the right stuff in the book, right. you know? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, even there's some hints within what's been released about Spelljammer already that they're doing away with like the phlogiston as it was and replacing that with the Astral Sea. It's kind yeah. of my theory about what what I've seen anyway. So, yeah. you know, yeah, like you said, Lee, it all kind of folds together and yeah. fits together pretty nicely. So. It looks like it's going to fold together even more than it used to with the way that they're changing some of those concepts and terms. So we'll mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we wanted to make sure we touched on it lightly because we don't know exactly what it's going to look like right. when it gets here. So then we'll yeah. come up with something a little bit more specific, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that, that brings me to um, a question that I have for you guys. It's like, when, when did all of this um, start? Like what was, how long have you been working on, on this book? Boy, those production meetings started towards the end of last year, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think so when, the, when the Morden Canaan's book were, was announced. Basically, when they when okay. they said that Morden Canaan's was going to be coming out, it was going to be coming out in January. Uh, we're like, okay, so if this is going to be all lineages and character and, and creatures and stuff like that, what is uh, what are people going to need? What's the gap, right? What are, what are mm-hmm. people going to need? Um, and so we started putting this book together, and and uh, you know, all of us do a bunch of homebrew at our own games and everything. So you mm-hmm. know, we all kind of had like a like 
like a stable of like feats and toys, like a, a bunch of the magic items that are in the book appeared in the Patreon AP, um, okay. just kind of, you know, as they were, as the characters were kind of like wandering around the Feywild, you know, I'm, I'm throwing random BS magic items at them, you know, that kind of thing. So <laughs> right. that's, so that's kind of where they started and then kind right. of got refined for the book and everything. Um, but yeah, the production meeting probably started November, November, December, something like uh, that. Yeah. yeah. November, okay. I think yeah. like early November. So and about like six months or so, it seems like, uh, yeah. Yeah. For the total time. time? The beginning of yeah. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Now, mind you, we had already been talking about creating a publication before that for like six months prior to that. We've been tossing okay. around ideas and uh, pitching small homebrewed things that we're working up to try to make it, you know, book ready, so to mm -hmm. speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was before we had a theme. So once Traveler's uh, Guide to the Multiverse was decided on as our title to, mm -hmm. you know, companion with Mordekainen's Monsters in the Multiverse, that's when things got a little bit more specific. So we've probably got maybe... 20% or so of the content is stuff we'd already kind of been working on mm -hmm. yeah. and then either finished up or if it was already flavored in the right way, bonus, if not <laughs> gave it a little extra sauce to lean it in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of it was all stuff that we just brainstormed and worked on together. I mean, some of them were just concepts before this, like mm -hmm. the uh, poultices of healing and the crew served weapons were just uh, glimmers and, and, and back conversations and notes. We hadn't actually tried to write anything up. But they did exist before we started the book, but, mm -hmm. but we really worked on those to get them ready to go in it. Yeah. The, the way I like to think about it is uh, there's an old adage. Uh, I don't remember where, who said it, but um, somebody once said, like, a writer is always writing. It might have even mm -hmm. been Stephen King. Uh, actually, I'm pretty sure it was Stephen King. He, like, a bazillion always... writers have said that over the years. Many try to take credit. It's been around <laughs> for a long time. I, I, I think it started like back with Plato. It may be the case, but I, I think I first heard it when I was living in Maine and it was about Stephen King, how he kept tons of notebooks around and he always had something with him to write on. Uh, I met him once and I didn't ask him about that one thing, which is a shame. Actually, I met him a couple of times, but uh, uh, I, and I probably should have because that would have been that was a nice little nugget that I attribute to him. Uh, that would have been really great to confirm if that's something that he actually did. Uh, hashtag call your boys TTJ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, essentially. Uh, with our homebrews, if there's a, something I've done in my game, whether it's on the flyer or not, I tend mm -hmm. to write it down somewhere. And when we were deciding on a publication at some point, it was more like I gathered my notes that I had, put them in a place. And mm -hmm. when we had that meeting, when we got our theme, then I was like, okay, what do I have in this stack of notes <laughs> that fits this theme? And you kind of sort through it. And I'm like, okay, I've got this idea. I've got this idea. I've got that idea. And, uh, and you kind of have those here. And then when we came up with a process, uh, we gave ourselves like two weeks to basically any idea we think might fit put down and yeah. we just all put up ideas. And then it was, we had a meeting to go through the ideas and we just decided what's going to go in and what's going to, what's going to hold for another publication. And, uh, that's mm -hmm. kind of, that was kind of how we got started. Nice. Yeah, I think that's a really great uh, starting point for you know wanting to assemble something, anything that you want to publish in the tabletop RPG spaces, just kind of start with the things that you've already made for your games. Um, yeah. I know when I was putting my first adventures out on the DMs Guild, I was going back to adventures that I had created and maps that I had drawn up for my home game. Like, okay, well, how do I tweak this now and turn this into something that I can put out in front of other people to uh, to enjoy and play, right? So I, I think that's a really great uh, great starting point. Like you said there, Lee, is uh, just taking what you have, what you've used in your own games and writing that down and then figuring out what's going to be usable for what you're trying to put out there. In 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 in, in effect, the th stuff you've already done at your table for the last five, six, or ten years, however long you've been doing it, mm -hmm. is your first play test. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you'll know if <laughs> you've it's, already done it once. So you can do it if again. you've got two, three parties <laughs> who've used this and said this is really cool, then you're like, "Hey, mm -hmm. I got a leg up here. This one, this one, this one here is going to work." You yeah, know, it's got some sauce. Yeah. yeah. But what was surprising absolutely. is once we got past that backlog of stuff that we already had that would fit, mm -hmm. trying to specifically create for a theme like. Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse because it's kind of specific but insanely broad. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. 
was a super challenge for me at first. And I'm, I'm like asking, I'm like, how do I write magic items for this? How do I write magic <laughs> right. items for Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse? What does a traveler in the multiverse need? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and Josh is the one that helped out with that. He's like, just think of regular travel and then yeah. find ways to D&D it up. And there's a few items in there that are exactly like that. Like um, Sprocket's Traveling Compendium is a Kendall, mm-hmm. a book that holds other books, you know, and stuff like that. There are mm-hmm. lots of yeah. lots of ways, places we pulled from, but it was it, it was a little bit of a challenge at first to get the gears rolling on it all. Yeah, which, nice. which I, I especially like the, uh, the, the mirrors that like, they're like, um, you know, it's FaceTime basically. The, yeah. the interplanar <laughs> dream ports mirrors. Across the multiverse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Glenn uh, cracks me up whenever he says that. And, you know, we've done a couple of interviews, so I've heard him say that a few times. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to call you out on this show because, you know, Mike's special to me. So <laughs> I, cool. I, I say this. For, what's funny is you struggled with that, yet I believe most of the items actually came from you. And I oh, dude, once I was, got rolling, I couldn't stop. Yeah, like it was like yeah. it was like he broke the dam and the mm-hmm. flood came and it was like it took yeah. out everything along the side. It was amazing. It was, it's the it, way my creative brain works. Once yeah. the machinery is turning, like it'll keep me awake. Yeah. I can't sleep. It drives yeah. the wife crazy. So, if something's really grabbed me, it's tough for me to let it go. It's yeah. a diesel engine that you got there. You yeah, just keeps on going. And it's just yeah. going to keep going. Yeah. It's got a little miniature Energizer bunny on like a hamster wheel. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, you no, know, however audience, you want to visualize it. Yeah, yourself, the audience like, can't see that I did yeah. my little Energizer bunny bit. But you yeah, know. No, no, nobody knows you just swayed back and forth menacingly. <laughs> uh, and it keeps uh, going so, and going. Uh, yeah. Uh, Glenn's point though brings me to uh, another question is what you know for for Josh or for Lee whoever wants to, to go first what were some other kind of unexpected challenges along the way maybe as you were getting started things that were were tougher for you uh, than you thought they might be or that you hadn't prepared for uh Writing a book is hard, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> uh, and, pro, please, tips I guess, pro tips here on Pro yeah, tips, please, you know. please continue, <laughs> Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and and I guess you know to kind of like the amount of skills that you have to learn to to put out a book like this. Uh, that, that it sounds simplistic, but it actually surprised me. Like, like I totally figured like, you know, we, we wrote out all the stuff and we had like the shared folders and Mm -hmm. meetings after meetings after meetings to go ahead and refine what we're talking about and, and put stuff in or kick stuff out and everything like that, you know? And the thing that I never expected was going to take that long would be like the layout part. I was like, oh, these oh, are all yeah. in Google Docs. I just like suck them in and everything would be fabulous. Like, <laughs> you know, just throw crap. it on some pages. It'll look like, nice. right? Pe- people <laughs> who make money, like they are worth their weight in gold when they do good layout. Like, oh my mm-hmm. God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and like, and even like, uh, uh, even once I kind of figured out like what the process was going to be for that to get like halfway through and realize I can't no, that is actually not going to work for the weight for what I actually want to do. Then I have like painted myself into a corner. And so it's all out and put it all back in, you know, like that kind of thing. Like the amount of, the mm. amount of, uh, the amount of learning that I had to do on this project was, uh, was significant. Like writing the mechanics or writing the stuff. That was the easy part for me. Uh, uh the tough part all came like actually making it look turning it like, into a book turning yeah. it into a book exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a collection of a, a collection of text files you know so yeah. yeah for me i think uh josh is right it's skills uh i didn't do the layout so that was not a skill i picked up um i actually thank you josh, thank you, josh. uh <laughs> but along the way because our podcast does a lot of different things i've started picking up some additional skills to have given josh some of the bandwidth to be able to do that so i've, I've been learning how to edit uh, for our show, uh, okay. I, you know, I'm editing an episode today. I did that before my home game today, and I'll be back at it when we're done tonight. Uh, uh, but uh, it, I picked up some skills to facilitate getting the book out, and I think that's yeah. been pretty cool. Specific yeah. to the book, um, something that I never really considered myself being good at, and I'm, I think I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I think I did a really good job for the, for the parts I touched. Um, is uh art direction in general i'm not an artist uh digitally or otherwise my stick Mm -hmm. figures look sad and they point and they give me the middle finger whenever i draw them (laughs) you know it's like they they hate me like why Mm -hmm. did you why did you will me into existence this is terrible that's what my stick figures say yeah Yeah. this this is awful (laughs) you know uh, i'm embarrassed like i wouldn't even ask an eraser to get rid of me today that's what my stick figures say um (laughs) tabletop journeys comedy hours y'all but (laughs) 
Isn't that every time we record? Absolutely. But uh, what I can tell you is uh, art direction is different, though. You don't have to be the artist to do it. What you do have Mm -hmm. to do is just have an eye for what looks good. And I have played enough games. I've seen enough books. I know what I like. I know what feels right. You know, uh, 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 a person who goes into a fine dining restaurant, he knows food has a certain taste profile and it has a certain mouth feel. Uh, wines will be a certain way, uh, 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 you know, a certain soda has a certain amount of carbonation. Uh, and I think art direction is very much like that. It's quite oddly art. Uh, <laughs> you you kind of know what you like when you like it and you see it. And the way you get better at it is just by doing it and doing it a lot. Um, there were uh, a couple nights in specific where I spent multiple hours just looking at tons of pictures to find the right picture for the right item. Uh, I'm speaking specifically about one of our backgrounds, the Montebank, and then uh, the bridge in our story mm-hmm. hook, uh, the bridge to enlightenment uh, about two hours on the Montebank and easily three hours on the bridge. That was just me looking through a folders and folders of things before I found something that matched the vision I had for those two items. Uh, you worked hard for domestic service too. That one took a while. Yeah. yeah and, and that as well. And it was, and it was, a couple different things. We had a general style. Josh had done a lot of the artwork and picked a lot of it. So I knew the feel that we were going for. So now that I had a template as far as a feel, then we had the actual uh, item itself to kind of what, what shows this visually, what gives you that feeling visually within this, this structure. And then it was like, can I, since I'm not drawing it or I'm not commissioning somebody to draw it, can I find it? And then mm-hmm. can we get the legal rights to use it, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> right. uh, uh, which we uh, brilliantly made some decisions uh, to uh, pay for a, a service, patronize a, ser- a Patreon service, uh, deposit photos, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, Suggested to us by Jimmy from Splinterverse. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, and that allowed me to really kind of see what's out there. I have a really good grasp of what's out there. Uh, and uh, as great as the art is in this book, I know we're only we're only going up from here because uh, now that I have a real good handle on it, I think I'm going to be involved in the artwork even more than the few pieces that we couldn't find something for. Um, and it, that that's a skill that I didn't even know I had. Uh, and I don't think I had it before we were doing this. Yeah. See, the art part for me was fun. It took me a long time to get to it, working through final revisions. But by the time <laughs> I got to it, I loved that. Hmm. Um. And I'm going to jump on the end and give you my, my, my perspective, too. Cause, yeah, go for it. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that we learned in the process was as we move into our next project, how to more accurately set up hard lines for cuts, uh, whether or not something's been developed enough to make it past a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were huge, huge learning curves along the way through that, too, you know, at a... Your first meeting, you can just be pitching ideas, but by the next mm-hmm. one, they can't be ideas anymore. We have to flesh them out because if we keep yep. pushing forward with more ideas, oh God, the amount of work taken to backlog, backfill everything that we conceptualized yeah. but didn't flesh out and finish, that was brutal. So we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll do a much better job on the planning stage for that next time too. It, yeah. was, it was great fun though. For sure. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was so much fun. Like that's the yeah. other thing too, is like, let, let us, let us not, we cannot underscore that point enough. How no. much fun putting this book together was. Yeah. And, and seeing the finished product. And, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I paid the 50 bucks to go ahead and have Staples print me out my physical copy. I've got it right over here on my shelf, you know, see, mm-hmm. there you are. Yeah. See, like, because like, you know, and like, uh, it was just like, it was so much fun to go ahead and put together. And some of those meetings were pretty contentious. We're like, we don't need to go ahead and go into details, but there were some, <laughs> there was, there were some meetings in there where we were just like, no, we cannot do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. see. You. <laughs> That's a, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I made about. no gestures and kept my face neutral. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. You know, but, but at the end, like, uh, yeah, at the end, we are just so freaking proud, proud. of this yeah. book, of the stuff that's in this book. It really, mm. we were all just really, really happy with the way that it came out. So, so you know. yeah, to, to kind of speak on the, how proud we were of this work and, and Josh is right. Uh, this was work and hard work, but it was absolutely fun. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, the, the real hard work labor was, of love. Yeah. The <laughs> real, the real hard work was me getting rid of my nine to five job or getting done with that fast enough so I could get to work on this or, hmm. or, or, or deciding I'm going to skip eating during one of my lunches because I had some ideas 
and I busted out the the TTJ laptop so I could work in a little room and not be late from break uh, because I wanted this done. Uh, but to talk about how proud we are, there are people who are not uh, geek inclined, uh, tabletop role playing at all that I just told almost everybody in my office, our book is out, our book is out. Our book is out. You I could just picture you running around in office doing the that. You know, Our book, book is, is out. out. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, so much fun to do. Uh, so proud of what we got done. Um, and so jazzed for the next piece. When I finished the last thing I had to do, and we're just waiting for a couple just to finish up with layout stuff. I already started working on things for the next publication. Yeah. Like I've gotten, we're already going to have to cut work I've done for the next publication because I've gotten some of the written written down for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of having to, you know, cut some things and make revisions and you all maybe having some contentious conversations mm-hmm. uh, around the table, um, I'm curious if there was anything that any of y'all were, you know, really passionate about and wanted to make happen, but just for whatever reason, you know, wasn't able to make it into the book. Yeah. And I'm not trying to start any fights here, but no, if, no, if I do, no. then I can't we, adjudicate. So. I, I we know, all know I, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, Glenn, before you jump in, let me just say this. One of the absolute best conversations that was held, and Josh said it, when we had our first cut meeting, he said, it's important that we all understand this. We're all friends. We're all brothers. We love each other. Right. <laughs> Nobody none answered. Personal. Nobody <laughs> answered. He goes, none of this is personal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And what we decide here is about the quality of the book, not the quality of the ideas or us. Yeah, 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 and yeah. whether we answered or not in the moment, the, the fact is we all knew it going in. We mm-hmm. all we, we all have written on various levels or done things in creative spaces uh, at various levels at various times. So I think we all approach it knowing that not every idea that each of us had was going to go all the way. Uh, right. So uh, a phrase that I like to use very often is I'm not married to the idea, but I did kind of like this one mm. or I'm not married to that concept, but pitch me something different. I actually, that's a derivative of something Josh used to say, because I'm not sold right. on it, but uh, sell me, pitch me. Yeah. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah. And these are the kinds of conversations. Uh, I would say the only things that really got that I recall getting contentious were mechanics. Like there was, there were some pretty <laughs> hefty discussions about, <laughs> That's too much damage or that's not enough damage or, you know, man, that's way OP. And then, you know, and a lot of that would be, look, I've seen this kind of thing like that is nothing at at the level this is geared for. Uh, You know, there there's this power, there's this power, there's this power. I mean, how OP can you be when a a wizard of a similar level can cast wish? Answer. You can't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know, so. Uh, you know, we had a lot of those types of discussions. Those had some back and forth to it, but um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's true contention. It was more like ideas are like, oh, and, and a lot of the times the idea was that's not going to fit this theme. So some of those were yeah. tough. Like mm-hmm. that's not going to mm-hmm. make it in this book because it doesn't fit the theme perfectly. But we will save that because that's got something for yeah. the next one. Glenn, I know you've been waiting to say something. Yeah, no worries. Times, so. And, and to be fair, really, I mean, that all three of us feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that any of us. Well, I'm not going to say none of us ever put forth bad ideas, but most of the time we put out pretty good ideas. Yeah. And all three of us are smart enough that by <laughs> the time fair. we're presenting it to the group for a meeting, if it's a if if we've decided it's a bad idea, we we leave that one behind. Yeah. Um. But you know whether or not it fits the theme, whether or not it can be developed enough. Yeah, that, those were big things. But the one thing that playtest wise, and you know, just time to make sure that it's right, because that was important too. We don't want to put mm-hmm. it in the book unless it's we're we're pretty done and happy with it um but part of the uh crew served weapons the siege weaponry rules did not make it and that's that was the biggest heartbreaker because we put a lot of work into our crew served weapons um and expanding on what the dungeon master's guide gives you on page 255 and 256 which is not much beyond a static attack bonus no weapon proficiency Mm -hmm. uh, and a number Mm -hmm. of a number of actions it takes for each phase of the weapon for how long it takes to fire this is a ballista. It does this thing. Right. Yeah. Good luck. And we're, we're, trying to, we're, we're trying to make that more of a usable skill for a player, especially if you're running a nautical campaign. I'm working on uh, the Boiling Seas is the current name of a domain, a nautical domain of dread. Um, so it's been important there with Spelljammer coming and you got ship to ship combat. We're, we're, 
we needed we needed more. Yep, and Whether I play doing... I, pl- I play in Ghost of Saltmarsh, uh, so not okay. yeah. there as well. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So whether whether you're on on ships or you're defending a keep that's under siege, uh, we wanted to put the siege weapon control into the player's hands. So, um, well, we used the rules in the DMG uh, to set rate of fire, maximum crew size, etc., and then expanded on them. Created a weapon proficiency, some feats that work off of them um, that you can take. There's a background related to them, and then we started expanding the ammunition types so that for the catapult, you didn't just have a standard stone. You also had a cauldron of alchemical fire that exploded for mm. a burst of effectively napalm burning damage on a boat right. or high explosive or fragmentation or chain shot. We were working on, on on some really cool concepts and we'd come up with some really, really, I was excited, yeah. uh, ways They're to attribute really the damage and decide because there were a lot of them were multiple damage types. Some of okay. them mm-hmm. would be force and fire because the force was from the concussive of the explosion and it varied depending on the type. But uh, one of the people we were working with on that uh, friend of the show, Marty Napier, he says to us, he says, okay, so I hit the armor class of the boat and I used a fragmentation grenade to try to take out crew. How do we know where it hit and how many crew members I got? And we Mm -hmm. realized we hadn't done anything for shot placement on the ship yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it was way too late to start that piece <laughs> and have it ready. Yeah. So yeah. that meant that piece had to it, shift off to the side it, and wait for a future publication, yeah. but it's coming. Yeah. And and to be fair, the goal was to never make it more complex because if you make it too complex, it never mm-hmm. gets used. Well, right. a little bit more complex because it was yeah. too simple the way that it was. It was right. thrown as, yeah. in as an afterthought. But but the idea is not to not to bog down the game, right? That was right. that was what we wanted to avoid. And once we were like, well, how would we do the mechanics for shot placement? Well, there are no mechanics for that anywhere in the game. Everything is you hit the thing; it's all the thing. Right. Uh, right. It is not you're hitting a part of the thing. Uh, it, this isn't rifts. This isn't palladium where each piece has its own piece of armor, its own hit points. And so on and so forth. Because of that, it was like the the absolute correct decision is we're going to hold on all this mm-hmm. uh, and we're going to wait until we figure how how to do that. So that's that's what's got to be worked out. We've got to work out shot right. placement before we can kind of add those things. But the mechanics. And there are systems out there that do it, but D, mm-hmm. but Wizards of the Coast and, and D hasn't provided us yeah. anything to work off of yet. Mm-hmm. So that, since we're yeah. full generating, we definitely needed to. Yeah, it, you know, but. The mechanics, as far as what the damage was, we we nailed that. Like mm. we got oh, perfection, in my opinion, on the way each of the ammunition types uh, did damage and the amount uh, that that was done. Uh, all we're waiting for is shot placement. Once we get that down, uh, we'll trot that out. And what it'll basically be is an add-on to the cruiser of weapons suite of things. Is and now they've developed new types of ammunition. Ta-da! And here they are. And uh, and then we'll include the shot play, shot placement mechanic, which will be, I think, brilliant. Oh. Yeah, and I mean, we did we did a lot of uh, a lot of research to try to decide how to, to to split up those damage types and to set up the the way that they would work. And y'all don't actually get to see any of that part now, so talking continuum that's probably not helping. Uh, but <laughs> oh, we're teasing him for the next eventually. We're teasing him yeah. for the next one. For the next yeah. one, right? Um, <laughs> oh crap! Where the hell was I going with that? We stopped. We laughed. I got distracted. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, we'll come back to it if I remember. Continue on. Yeah, if if you remember later, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll jump back in. Speak speak up, and we'll we'll circle back around to it for sure. Um, something that you said though did you know pull up a, another question to my mind, kind of related as well as you know, was there anything in the playtesting process that y'all took to some of the playtesters or editors or you know people who were reading through to provide feedback and they just didn't get it. Like it just did not click with them and you had to like fully maybe pivot or, or revise to make it something that would be you know suitable to, to someone or, or accessible Ooh. to them, I guess. I think there were a couple things where we were unclear. I don't think there's anything <laughs> that people didn't totally get, but it was okay. more like, do you mean this or do you mean that? Okay. And we had a lot. We had a lot of those, and that was, you know, the things that were written at two o'clock in the morning versus <laughs> six o'clock yeah. in the evening. 
have a different level of uh, comprehension, yeah. shall we say. <laughs> and, say. Um, and, and, uh, and I think that that feedback uh, was invaluable mm-hmm. because I think it's far too easy to, as the guy who needs the most editing uh, of our team, uh, <laughs> I can tell you it's invaluable because I write infinitely slower than the speed of my thoughts. And there are times where I will leave whole words or sentences out of something I'm writing. But every time I look at that page, I still see what I was thinking. It's in your head. And I can't differentiate that. So there are a number of things where it's like, what did you actually mean for for this? Or what were you going for for this? And then when Mm -hmm. they ask that question and then tell me what they got out of it, then I can see what I was missing. And then I can go back and rewrite it. Or I can say, yeah, I see your point. I'm not really sure. And then I'm blessed with having two great partners in this who I can say, here's what I was going for. I have no idea how to write that. Anybody got any, want to shoot a shot. And then yeah. one or one or the other or both can kind of pitch in their pieces. That gets my creative juices flowing. And then I'm able to get in there and finish it up. And that's how a lot of the final uh, revisions really worked. It was a lot of mm-hmm. I wrote something. Uh, hey, take a look at that. Hit me with your notes on the Google Doc. And then I'll see what I can go back and fix. Like, I yeah. think I'm okay. I got everything I know what to do now. Hit me up and let me know what you think. And we would yeah. just round robin that, like, as we were going. So it was, yeah. right. you know, set meetings, but a ton of, of communication back and forth as we went. Back and forth. But from the people that we had, you know, going over mechanics and helping us, you know, really go through some of these and, and get the, uh, what playtesting we got done with them completed. Um I said that totally the wrong way. Most of this stuff was play tested in our own campaigns as we went before they ever made it to the book. But at any rate, um, there were a couple that did get some serious heavy treatment because we wrote them one way. And then mm-hmm. we were like, well, hey, wait a minute. Uh, slicing the weave, one of the feats that we have in there yeah. is one. It started out with same concept, totally different mechanic because yeah. that one, the, feed, the feedback we kept consistently getting off of it was um, that it was confusing the way that it was worded and it was kind of overpowered versus the warlock ability um yeah. to to do the same thing with their spells and not mm-hmm. warlock mm-hmm. sorcerer ability sorcerer, yeah. Yeah. sorcerer ability um so okay. that one got a lot of heavy revision um and our strength-based bows went through a number of incarnations first yeah. before they were done to try to figure yeah. out how to represent that you can't make a bow all strength because you still need the dexterity to be able to aim but to draw back a heavier bow, to be able to draw Odysseus's bow, you would need to have a high strength, right? right? But it would also do significantly more damage because of that yeah. strength. So the, the bows that we designed that allowed you to bring your strength bonus into the weapon as well, those went through a lot of revisions before they yeah. finally spat back out the way that they are too. And, like, and, like to and, the point that they almost got kicked out of the book. They did almost like, get kicked out of the book. Yeah, we can't, we couldn't make it work. We just couldn't, you know, like, no, no two of us ever agreed on any one particular edit, right? It's like, well, yeah. how about this? And you're like, no, 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 not that, you know. And uh, it took a, a lot of back and forth, and and uh, and I'm glad that they made it in because I, again, I think that what made it into this book in in whole is like the best version of all these things, which really is cool. You can't always say that, you know. Yeah. Um, I I will say that one thing that uh, you know, so Glenn did a, a did a lot of kind of our first round editing where like, you know, with Lewanika and I again, kind of like spitting out random BS and Glenn, like, okay, this needs to be English for <laughs> distilling it into something you know, readable. Right. Yeah. Um, you <laughs> literally <laughs> wrote Google. And the number of times that he'd be like, okay, I think I see what you're going for, but this really needs more lore sauce. Like, I don't actually understand where this thing freaking came from. What is it? You know? And really just like, Oh, right. Yeah. No, I need to like articulate the thoughts that are in my head. If I just write, Hey, look, it's a sword and it does damage. That doesn't say it's not good enough. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, a couple of the couple of the story hooks detail. actually came out of having to come up with better info for the items in the book. Like it was literally, yeah, okay. oh, if we do this, and like, oh, that's a history for that. Oh, there's an adventure there, you know. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. like, you know, there's a, quite a few that happen like that. Um, Anytime you're writing a magic item that's got the potential to have lore behind it, especially if it's a yeah. unique or, or, or rare, semi-rare item it's always going to create more story for you to tell. So yeah, yeah. yeah, lots of the hooks came from things like that. Yeah. I mean, what, one of them spawned an entire warlock subclass. So that's like, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So nice. I'm excited to see that. 
Yeah. That has not uh, made publication yet. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, a, still, yeah. It was, yeah. you said that I was like, wait, was there a subclass in there somewhere that I missed? I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't go over my head quite that much. Though. No, 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 no. Uh, we made an <laughs> early decision to not do subclasses in this book. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a pretty tight time schedule to get things written. Once we said, yep, this is the theme. This is when the book was originally supposed to come out. And we were able to expand beyond that because the book, didn't come out the way we wanted it to right the mm-hmm. book came out in that three pack we're like most people aren't going to get this we're going to time our opening to be a little closer to yeah when, i'm calling bullshit on that still just yeah just so um knows. you know we're going to time it a little bit later in in, in the year uh so, which gave us some more time to really perfect the book and i'm glad that happened uh mm-hmm. but uh what we originally decided was we're not doing subclasses here uh i think there's mm-hmm. a little one they require infinitely higher degree of playtesting. Oh yeah, for a, sure. A sword, you can kind of run a couple combats and see hit what it does. Uh, many of these items, uh, especially mm-hmm. things like the chess set, which is more of a uh, a plot device and a narrative uh, kind of magic item. Uh, the Imperial Dragon chess set of the High Court. Of the High Court, like. yes. Uh, that that's something that's uh, you know I have playtested. It's been in my homebrew campaign. Uh, I actually have two campaigns that are dealing with some of the themes and things that it brought about. Uh, but that is certainly uh, not nearly as difficult to play test as, <laughs> you a know, whole a whole subclass, right. which you really have had to a play full subclass backburnered and ready to go yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny enough. You know, I have one that I've been play testing for a while, like that character is now 12th level. So I have been playtesting for a while, but I've picked out so many things that need to change and need to be rewritten that uh, it wasn't anywhere close to going to be ready for this. So uh, we just made that decision. And then once that was decided, it was like, if you get ideas for that, set it aside. So uh, at the time of this writing, I think Josh has at least one. I know I've got two that I've done uh, since that will, that are, that are a lot closer and those two are different than the one i've been playtesting for a year and a half and they're further along to be honest with you yeah. uh because i'm actually mm-hmm. better at this craft than i was when i started a year and a half ago and so yeah, right. uh, i think it's yeah no the uh, the one that i'm working on has been coming together nicely and much more quickly than i expected as well it's yeah. a bardic subclass but yeah, excellent nice. yeah so yeah bard i've got a ranger one yep uh and a fighter one and a fighter one yeah, I've got a, I've got a warlock one. Yeah. Yep. So, so dun, dun, dun. Well, Get yeah, I can't wait for y'all's uh, subclass book to come out. Then yeah. <laughs> I'd be pumped to uh, to read through all of that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, you know, one thing that's been sticking out to me that a lot of what y'all have said is how invaluable it is to get your writing in front of other people's eyes. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, something oh, that yeah. I definitely stumbled on um, when I was putting my adventures out there is, you know, I would definitely do play testing, you know, run through encounters and have different people play the game with me. But uh, I don't think that I ever really like had like gave it to another GM and was like, hey, run this adventure and I'm not going to say anything. And you let me know if it's something that you can run. Um, which I think is something that's super valuable, not just for adventures, but for really anything that you read, right? You put the magic item description in front of somebody else and they read it and see if they get the same thing that, you know, you got out of it. Even just somebody to edit for content. I mean, my wife Mm -hmm. edits everything for me. She plays, but she's never been a a storyteller. She can still help me with story. Don't get Mm -hmm. me wrong. She'll still say, hey, what if you do this? And she's uh, honestly should probably call her a co-author on some of the stuff. She's got, she's got great input. <laughs> um, but yeah, even if it's just that other set of eyes to, to read it and say, dude, this sentence doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. This is an incomplete sentence here. You uh, have a run on sentence for these three pages here. And- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not, not just that too, but like the three of us work pretty closely together. I mean, we, we talk for, an hour or two, at least once a week, sometimes more right, than that, right. you know? Uh, and so even if I put something out there, I, I feel pretty confident that these who know at least kind of where I'm going with this or kind of what, but then you put mm-hmm. it with somebody that's not, that doesn't talk to us as often as we do. And they're like, yeah, I have no idea mm-hmm. what the heck this thing even is. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what is, Oh, it's a ring. Well, if it's a ring, you should say it's, it's a, a ring. ring. It's like a that's, ring. <laughs> you know, right. so, Oh, we yeah. just assumed you'd know it was a ring. Cause we always <laughs> talked about it as a ring. Oh, you it's weren't exactly. in those conversations. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. if you listen to Patreon AP episode number six, then you'll, you'll, you'll know they find it, you know? So yeah. yeah. Sometimes the basics are super easy to miss. Yeah. 
For sure. Um, yeah, and uh, kind of leading us on, I know you guys had talked a little bit about a couple of resources you would use uh, for like the artwork and things like that as well. I'm curious, yeah. you know, were there any um, or what were the resources that you all found along the way that were super helpful? Maybe you wish you would known about before or, you know, if sure. someone is looking to publish their own material, what where would you tell them to, to go? Oh, man. All right. Uh if you, you know, you know yeah, go yeah, on yeah, as no. long as you want, but if yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. narrow it down. No, <laughs> uh, a so, so, uh, definitely a source. So we use deposit photos. There are a bunch of other photo repository, picture repository sites out there, um, that are licensed or, or, uh, that allow you to use the artwork for publication and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, that is invaluable. One of the things that we love about this book so much is is the artwork that we were able to use for it and kind of what it brought to the book. It really added, I think, a, a roundness and a uh, like a level of professionalism to the book um, that I think that the mm -hmm. book really needed. I don't, I don't think the book would would have would have been nearly as good with exactly the same content, but no art, right? Um, so definitely, if you're looking to go ahead and put together a book, seriously consider art and really, really seriously think about it. But it, you know, it doesn't have to be something licensed like to, like deposit photos. Like we found a bunch of art on Pixabay and stuff too. So um, yeah, go ahead, Glenn. I just wanted to interject there. For the art, it's not just about you know making it pretty. It's also because big giant blocks of texts are confusing for the eyes in there. Yeah people don't like them. So For sure. yeah, it's not, exactly. even if you don't have the time, don't have the money to find amazing art, get something in there to break up your blocks of yeah. text. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so, so definitely art, you know, using sites like, like Pixabay or even other like free where the art is licensed for publication and stuff like that are, are covered under common, com, uh, common, uh, uh, licenses and stuff like that. Definitely, you know, um, creative commons licenses. There we go. That's what I was trying mm -hmm. to think that are covered under creative commons licenses, you know, really seriously think about art and then kind of the other side of that equation is you know we two things that we used a lot um is a stat block generator so to go ahead and give that nice wizards of the coast style stat block that just mm -hmm. makes it look uh official is the wrong word but just kind of like it, it the, the layout is it nice looks five it looks like the you know, public it looks the yeah. Yeah. yeah um and to be fair yeah. that is uh tetra-cube.com is where that came yeah. from uh yeah. I have it saved under a different name so I can remember all of it, but uh, yeah. It, it's and unsplash.com for free photos. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and then kind of the, the other Links thing. Links in the would, show notes, listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing uh, that I would recommend is um, one thing that we used a lot, especially, especially when we were uh, building encounters and uh, creature stat blocks and stuff like that. Use a CR, like a challenge rating calculator to go ahead and get that right. Hmm. Uh, because a lot of times when you're building up those stat blocks, it's like, well, I think that this is supposed to be like a CR six because I'm thinking where they're going to fight it. And then you put it in there and it's like, oh, but it's actually like a CR one quarter. That's not that's not going to fly. Oops. So how do I, how do I step, <laughs> you know, and, or, or kind of either, you know, kind of how do I beef it up or how do I go ahead and limit it down if it's, you know, comes mm -hmm. up with like CR 24 or whatever. So, you know, those are kind of some general things I think we used a lot uh, in, in the creation process. And, and we, uh, and it goes without saying that actually the monster manual uh, itself and utilizing the various tools I tended to do this via D and D beyond, uh, but uh, mm -hmm. I have the hardcover books as well um, uh, to get an idea of where things were. So it's like, if you're building something, you're like, I need this to be about year one. You kind of just need to look, you know, grab an adventure mod and see how big are the things that are normally in this, uh, in, in this, uh, in this uh, tier of combat or this tier of play. And mm -hmm. that was a, a, gave you a good idea of where to start. So it's like, okay, so that's where I start. So I'm going to peg things around then. Then we would use a uh, CR calculator to say, here's the monster I wrote. What CR does it actually give? And then it'll throw in the CR. And if that wasn't where you wanted it to be, what can I do to add to that? What can I do to make that bigger or better or badder, uh, as it were? And uh, and the first couple were hard. Mm -hmm. The next couple were easier. The couple after that were like nothing. And when we were doing some last minute, like, I think we need a few more uh, and uh, adversaries and NPCs here. Then it's like, they just flowed. Like they just like, honestly, like there's a couple that I, that was able to put out that just happened because I'm like, I know exactly what I want. You know, we were talking about the fourth realm uh, characters, uh, you know, and it was like, Oh, we could do this. Okay. So we let's, we need a roguish type one. We need a, uh, a rangery type one. Uh, I want a polished knight type one, uh, you know, and as we were finishing this book far too late to add to it, I'm like, 
we need some kind of mounted cavalry. I think mice <laughs> on birds would be awesome. You know, so, <laughs> found like, an image for it too that's hot so you'll yeah, see more on the mouse ranks coming yeah well. yeah there's a lot more nice. and then it's like uh same thing with the pendulum soldiers like it's just like you know there's all kinds of things you can find on the internet uh but my goal was to do something that was very unique to us so it's like i didn't want to look at what had been uh i wanted to kind of make our own and just have my own idea of what these things would be like or act like and so uh, a lot of good resources there and there's going back to the source material Going back to books, mm -hmm. ideas, movies, things of that nature, I think was um, a lot of what I did to uh, kind of inspire my work. My bad. <laughs> no um, other resources, though, especially if you're out there trying to get started. I mean, we talked about money not being able to pay for commissioned art, uh, deposit photos, subscription is, is reasonable. Um, but there's lots of tools out there that you can get and we're using some of them like affinity publishing is an open source free publication layout software that you can use to fully professionally produce a magazine um it's ua it's it's ui isn't 100 intuitive but there's a bazillion youtubes out there to show you how to use it um collaboration you don't have to pay for anything crazy we use a shared google drive that we all have access to to be able to shuffle documents in and out not just with a shared document but we all have access to the whole thing and that's all that's mm -hmm. all we needed you don't have to go out there and spend crazy money you can find low-cost easy alternatives yeah awesome yeah a lot of really great resources and, and again listeners the the links will all be in the uh the show notes so if you're interested in making use of any of these for your own projects go go check them out for sure um one kind of last round of questions uh, for you guys here any other uh you know tips or tricks or advice that you wish you had known going into the project that you know now coming out of it that you would would uh, give to someone who's getting ready to publish their own material so i'm going to start with with kind of the uh, uh with it might sound a little trite but i honestly mean it from like my core do the thing right like don't don't wait don't think you can't do the thing don't think that your thing doesn't have any value don't think because the homebrewing community in the TTRPG space is amazing. And we all love to support each other and we all love to go ahead and see the the cool thing that the the next person in line created. And so, you know, I I, I really, really mean that that, you know, uh we have people on our show all the time who uh, who are just here to go ahead, you know, who come on just to go ahead and talk about the awesome thing that you know that that they've been working on, and we love talking to those people because if you have a thing that you love and that you're passionate about, you know, uh, share it with the world. Do do the thing. There are so many ways that you can do that uh, nowadays. You know, it is it's absolutely worth it. You know, so that's my first advice: is do the thing. Pace yourself. Would... <laughs> my badly go ahead no no please okay pace yourself that was the the biggest struggle for me i mean i went through school i went through college mm -hmm. uh being a do some planning do some note taking make some scribbles at night while you're up late and then you know that last couple of days cram it all in there <laughs> um <laughs> But the downside to that is if you're trying to work on, you know, a large project, a, you know, 60 plus page project that you're collaborating with, with, you know, two other people who work different schedules than you mind. Um, if you wait until the last minute and suddenly you're trying to crunch time it all in there and you're sending out things like, wait, but what about this? And nobody can answer because they're at work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm in my crunch time now and I need to be able to work and I can't get, don't pace yourself. Take little bites. Don't, don't save it all for one weekend because <laughs> sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes schedules will make it go that way, but yeah. not only will you drive yourself crazy, you will drive your partners crazy too saying, <laughs> God damn it. I need an answer on this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I felt pretty hard. That you can me. relate to it all, Josh. I'm yeah. Sure. No, certainly not. I, <laughs> I would say the biggest thing that I learned or uh, that, that I wish I had you know, known before was you're going to get better at it as you go. Like yeah. there was a little bit of fear once we set the schedule, like, man, mm -hmm. what, did, what, did, once we first said something, I think on air, uh, and, uh, you know, when we put it down in, in our message, like just internal to our, our, uh, the three of us, our partnership, uh, I was like, this is a real thing. 
because we all kind of all three of us raised in a very specific way. We have, you know, when you say you're going to you're going to do a thing, you do a thing like there isn't a I changed my mind today. It's this thing is getting done now. Uh, And when you make that kind of commitment, um, I, I will admit to having a little bit of fear about, man, what, what did I just say we were going to do? Like, (laughs) what, you know, that, that, you know, that, that left shoulder piece, that's always like, you're not as good as you want to be. uh, Mm -hmm. That's always telling you that. So I would say uh, what I learned is uh, you're going to get better at it. You're better than you ever think you can be as long as you keep trying to be better than that. And that's that's kind of that's kind of my motto. It's like I'm just going to keep working at it. I'm going to keep doing the thing. And the feedback that I've gotten, you know, when I've had challenges or the things I need to do, my goal is to always kind of keep doing the thing, keep coming up with new ideas, keep coming up with fresh ideas. And the ideas that I'm coming up with now after this project are much better formed than the ideas I came up with for this project. So to, to start with, and because of that, I know that we're going to continue to keep getting better. So I would say just have some confidence in yourself, uh, have more confidence than I had when I started. Uh, and uh, you, you're going to be fine. If you're a content creator out there, uh, first of all, kudos to you, because there's a lot of people in this world that are not content creators. They're not forming these ideas, whether it be because of fear or maybe that's just not the, who they are as people. That's OK. But the fact that you're even putting a pen to paper or fingers to a keyboard with the purpose of creating an idea and putting an idea out there into the world, you're light years ahead of, get, uh, ahead of so many others have at it. I got to jump back on the back of that real quick, just to throw on, and it doesn't have to be perfect. It's never gonna be perfect right. as a writer, as an artist, as a creator, you can kill your child. You can smother it. Not real child. No children were harmed in the production of this podcast. Um, <laughs> You, you can destroy the idea by overworking it because you're afraid to let it go, right? Yeah. So get it to where you felt it was done the first time. Then give it one more review and edit, put it in front of somebody else and send it on its way. Make the next one better. Don't spend three more months trying to f- make that one perfect. Right. Take those lessons to the next project. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Some really great and very profound wisdom from from all of you guys here. I very much appreciate that. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners do as, as well. Um, and yeah, uh, thanks so much for for coming on and, and hanging out today and, and talking about your uh, your book here. I'm, I'm really excited to get back into it and make use of some of these uh, uh, tools that you've you've uh, given me here uh, today. So. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, let, and, let us know when you do. Like, we want like that's part of it too. Right. Is that, you know, yeah. as as storytellers, we we wrote the thing, right? And we put the mm-hmm. thing out there. But really, what we want to know is we want to hear everybody out there that's using it. Like, hey, you know, I took this magic item and I did this with it. And, you know, I knew you didn't have a story about that, but this is what I did with it. That's right. so cool. That's what we want to <laughs> know. We yeah. want to hear about how you're using this stuff, or or you know whatever all that stuff so there's I one introduced of, the poultices of healing and my my cleric so excited because he could actually use his medical skill for something besides stabilizing people now and, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah, yeah. and, and mike uh n- no lie there's a story hook in there that was written specifically with eberron and you in mind Ooh, nice i'm excited to find that one then <laughs> <laughs> awesome um well i you you flatter me uh lee for sure but um yeah again thanks for for coming on and speaking of like you know our our listeners or whoever's gonna get get into this book letting you know what they they thought of it and and how they made use of it um how can our our listeners find out about you where can they find this book and i'll I'll shut up for a second yeah, yeah, Josh. sure. So uh, <laughs> this is my part of the show. Exactly. Right? So uh, so first thing uh, to check out the podcast, you want to go to www.ttjourneys.com. Uh, you can find all of our episodes there uh, or just search Tabletop Journeys wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we should be on every service available on the face of the planet. And if we're not, uh, let us know. And we would be happy to go ahead and get on that service uh, so that we can deliver our podcast directly to you. Uh, and in terms of how to get a copy of the book, uh, uh, again, if you go to dmsguild.com and search Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse, uh, you will see not only this book, but uh, all the rest of the material that we've got up there. So, Great. Yeah, definitely. We'll put links uh, in the uh, the show notes for um, the, the book as cool. well. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Great. 
yeah for sure uh, again thanks guys for for coming on it was a blast yeah. and uh, such uh, a good time like thanks for having yeah. us yeah. Always, yeah, absolutely always, <laughs> always a great time and and we'll we'll uh, have to to get together and roll some dice again in the near future. So. Uh, oh, that sounds fantastic. We're talking to you about that as soon as we're in off fact, air. Your name's already on the list that we were, were discussing. <laughs> Funny you should mention. Yeah, the short list. The short list has been written, sir. The short list has been written. Fantastic. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to that that discussion here in in just about sixty seconds or so. Um, but uh, yeah, again, thanks for for coming on, guys and um, listeners. Thank you for for joining us here. Uh, yeah, please do check out their their book. It's it's fantastic. They got a great show as well. And uh, let them know uh, what what you thought. Um, if you found anything that we've said today helpful, you can also leave comments ratings, reviews, you know, whatever you can, wherever you get your podcasts, reach out to me on Twitter at 19 hits the dragon. Um, but the best way that you can help the show out is of course, to go out and tell 19 of your closest friends. Um, thanks again to my guest today. And thank you listeners for joining us uh, for this episode. Everybody take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And we'll see you all next time on 19 hits the dragon. Bye-bye. Peace. Out. Out.